0: Welcome to the Dr. Dab Show. Today, I have an influential, beautiful, dynamic guest, Gina Gomez. Gina shares her story today of lifelong trials from childhood, going through abuse and discovering Jesus, and how Jesus changed her life through love and finding her own voice. I am so excited and so honored to be sitting here with Gina Gomez. Welcome, Gina.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me
0: here. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here. You have no idea how powerful your story is. When I first heard it, I was just in tears and in awe of God. And just the way that you grew up and how you went step by step in terms of finding the Lord for yourself and now living for God. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> because I'm fully
1: redeemed now and, you know, all the glories for Him, only to Him. And I'm grateful that, you know, it, it's His story, you know, it's the story that He made for me so I can share it with you guys. And I hope that you guys receive a word of hope today that can inspire for you to continue your walk with Jesus.
0: That's so beautiful. Gina, there are so many people in this world that are suffering from emotional trauma and things that have happened to them that people can't see on the outside. Mm. And they're suffering with these things, feeling and believing that they don't have hope. They don't have someone to save them. They don't have someone to, like you said, redeem them. So I want to hear a little bit about your life because you had a very difficult childhood that led you to maybe doubt that this could ever be your reality. Can you tell us about how you grew up?
1: Yeah, like you said, um, growing up, you know, I felt like I didn't have a voice. I felt hopeless um, because I I speak that my um, mother passed away when I was four. So that's when, you know, this whole um, abuse started because my father remarried. And he remarried um, to a woman that used to live downstairs to us. She would take care of me here and there when my mom was hospitalized because she was an alcoholic and diabetic. Mm-hmm. So that led to her death when I was four years old. Wow. So... Um, you know, my father needed someone to take care of me, and he trusted her. Mm-hmm. Um, so they started a relationship, and eventually she became my stepmother. Um, so she had a child from her previous a relationship, so that became my
0: stepbrother. So, you know, we became a family. Were you excited about that, about having a mother? <laughs> after losing your mom at such a young age, you probably didn't remember your mom, right? Yeah,
1: I didn't really have much of an opinion. I just okay. remember that my dad asked me one day, you know, do you want to call her mom or do you want to call her by her, by her name? Okay. And I said, I remember that day I couldn't think. So I just said mom. Okay. You know, because, <laughs> you know, it was just what came out. And I feel like that was like one of the things I regret because mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I gave her that title. So I expected that in return. But instead it became like—I always tell people it's like a Cinderella story because uh, the reason why she became abusive is that um, she would always make me clean the house. Mm -hmm. It's like I became the maid. Mm -hmm. And I remember this because um, I was starting school, and I remember that she was like, "Um, before you go to school, you have to clean the house. If the house is not clean, then, you know, you cannot go to school. So this is how it started. And I remember that I had to rush, clean the house— So I can go to school. And there was days that I missed school Mm -hmm. because the cleaning wasn't done the way she wanted it to be done. And the cleaning wasn't, um, I wasn't fast enough, so maybe I didn't finish on time. Mm -hmm. And so, therefore, I had to stay. And if I did incorrectly, you know, I received beatings, um, which led, um, you know, for me having scars Uh, which meant that I had to wear long sleeves in school. And, you know, I'm from Florida, so it's really hot over there. Mm -hmm. And um, And no one noticed at school? No one in school noticed. No one ever spoke up. And I was very quiet, you know, because I was afraid to speak. And no one ever noticed, you know. And I also missed many days of school. Mm -hmm. I know here they call the parents, um, but she was the main contact in the call. So, you know, if they called her, she had it covered. She had excuses. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's how this whole um, abuse started and you know as I grew up older the abuse got a little bit um harder because you know like my hands are really rough my feet are rough as well Mm -hmm. because one of the punishments would be like my hands would be put in a stove (gasps) if I didn't clean properly it would be she would heat up the irons we had gas and it would be placed in the heat or she would throw the irons in the floor and I would have to put my feet on top if they're hot So, you know, those punishments just kept getting a little bit harder. As I got older, the belts became stronger. Sometimes she would use like plastic, like the cords from the iron, you know, those to hit. Mm -hmm. That would open my skin sometimes. Or sometimes since I was getting a teenager, I would get punches or she would slam my face in the wall. So I really felt
0: like, is this my life? That is severe abuse. I am so, so sorry. When you were experiencing that, and you were crying as a child. Did she even try at any point in time to be that motherly figure? Was she very clear? I, I do not like you. And this is how I'm treating you because I don't like you.
1: She never expressed it vocally. Mm-hmm. She just expressed it with the abuse. So I already knew that I was not liked by mm-hmm. her. I also knew that um, she wanted her son to be loved by my father as his son. Um, so there was favoritism there. So when the weekends would come, she would be like, okay, your dad's home on the weekends. Mm-hmm. If we go out, you cannot buy this, that. My son can buy it, but you can't request anything. Wow. So, yeah, so even though my dad was there, I couldn't speak up. I couldn't, if we went to the store, I couldn't buy what I wanted, you know. And your dad didn't notice anything? Uh, I, From what I remember, he never said anything, never.
0: Never. Okay. He never said
1: anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And what about your bro- your stepbrother? Was he a witness to some of these things? Like did he ever confront you and say, Look, I'm sorry this is happening? Or
1: Well, yes, we got older. He did he some of the times he ha- tried to step in to okay. block her from hitting me. Oh wow. And sometimes once he got older, he's like, You need to stop hitting her. Like, why do you keep hitting her like that? But he, she would be like, Don't don't get in it. Don't get in it or you're going to get it as well. Mm. So, you know, he would just step
0: out. But there was times where he would defend me, but it just wouldn't work. So what were your thoughts when all of this stuff was happening to you? What were you thinking about like your life, about yourself? Like, why do I deserve this? What were you thinking? I
1: remember that I would ask myself a lot um, if there was a God, if this was my life, was I born for this? I, I didn't know what purpose I had, so I would question myself: Was I born like for this, to suffer? And from that moment, I I remember that I conditioned my mind mm-hmm. to thinking there's no God. There's no God because my dad um he would have us pray sometimes. We would do his cat. I grew up Catholic, okay. So my dad would have us do some prayers at nighttime. You know, some child Bible like prayers. Mm-hmm. So I did have the knowledge that there was a God. Okay, I did have a knowledge that. Jesus, he, he had a son named Jesus, but I didn't have the revelation of what that meant for my life.
0: Exactly. You know, so
1: um, I remember that I would think, why does my father make me pray to a God that cannot defend me? You know, where's this power that they speak about? So I conditioned my mind. I said, there's no God. And I said, OK, if there is a God, I hate him because he's not fighting for me. You know, But I didn't have the revelation that I, I needed to have a relationship with him. My, my my father didn't have that
0: revelation to give it to me either.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: you know, that's why I couldn't. Well, how would you know that?
1: As yeah. Child,
0: <laughs> There's you know, no way. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're told that this person, this, this being is looking after everyone and mm-hmm. they're and good. He loves me, He loves good. you. And then it's he like, made me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, that makes sense as to why you didn't believe in God. Yeah, yeah. So at what point were you able to separate yourself from this abuse or how long did it go on for?
1: Um, when I started in my teenage years, I remember that when I started being around 16 or so, 15, 16, I got a part-time job. So I had a little bit more flexibility. The abuse wasn't that constant. Like the bitty was like maybe like a pull of hair there. But the Abuse of me, always cleaning the house, was always there. Mm-hmm. Like if I had to go to work, the house had to be cleaned before I went to work, and if I came home, I had to do certain things, it's like certain chores that weren't done before I left. I had to do those chores as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so the abuse of, of cleaning was always there, but the physical abuse kind of changed. Maybe she would just scream at me or pull my hair or you know certain things like that. Um, it really didn't stop when it, it stopped until I left the house. When did you leave the house? I left. I left the house at age twenty three. Okay, and that's because I, um, before uh, I before those years, I was dating someone. I was dating someone uh, from high school, mm-hmm. um. So he knew of the abuse. Uh-huh. So the only way we would see each other is when I went to my part time job. Like he would go to my job and wait for me, for my job to be over. Like that would be our dates. My job became <laughs> buying me lunch or something, you know, yeah. and he would know of the abuse. And out of that, rela- it was a four year relationship, and out of that, I had a, a child, so I became pregnant. Mm. Um, how so, did your stepmother deal with that? I felt like she felt like she lost control, oh. like something clicked in her, like, okay, something's gonna happen, yeah, yeah. Because I remember perfectly, she was like, oh, like, okay. Um, I didn't think anything bad would happen to my daughter, like, I was like, okay, like. I'm just gonna go step by step because I'm mm-hmm. learning as well. Um, so I had to go to work after my to to you know provide for my child. Uh, so we had a cousin that volunteered to babysit in- house babysit. I would pay her, and my dad would give her partial money as well. And I maybe it was like four months into the babysitting. she was like, "Hey, you know, like you pay me to watch your daughter. I was like, yeah, but your stepmother takes her away when you leave and makes me clean the house. So are they going to pay me for cleaning the house or are they going to pay me for watching your daughter? And she also said, you know, I don't like when she feeds your daughter. Like she forces her to eat food your daughter doesn't like. And I don't like the way she handles your daughter. So that like sparked, Okay, the cycle is continuing. Yes. So that um, at that time, I had a coworker that was going through a divorce and she was offering me to be her roommate. So I took it. I said, okay, this is my opportunity. Mm -hmm. I will have to help someone financially. So I made the choice that for my daughter, I was going to leave because I didn't want my stepmother to continue the abuse. Did you ever have
0: like magical thinking about a mother, like a good mother, a mother that was going to love you and care for you the way that you would see mothers do on television or you see your friends' mothers treating them? Was that ever something that you used (laughs) to do?
1: Yeah, when I would see cartoons or uh, TV shows, uh, I would see like, oh, wow, I want to have that. Mm -hmm. But I don't. I I wish I can have that or I can have that woman as my mother. Mm -hmm. You know, that character that I would see. I'd be like, oh, I wish my mom would be like that. Mm -hmm. But it's like I I just could wishful thinking because it wasn't going to happen.
0: So there was no teacher or anyone in your community that you... Try to allow that person to mother you in that way yeah. or you sought that love from no.
2: no.
0: so when you learned that you were going to be a mother before you even had your daughter, how did that impact you? Did you decide, okay, this is the kind of mother that I'm going to be, or were you afraid that maybe you wouldn't be the kind of mother that you thought you wanted to be because of you know your mother and then your stepmother? Did anything go through your mind?
1: Yes, and right away, I knew. I was going to be a protective, loving mother. I was like, I know mm-hmm. this is my opportunity to give what I didn't have. Okay. And I wanted it so bad. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted to play with her hair, dress her up, you know, go shopping with her, go to the hair salons. That's what, all I kept thinking to myself. This is my opportunity. Right. So I did think like that. And I think that, it, it, you know, God has allowed me to do that. You know, it's a blessing that he has given me because I always wanted to have a girl, mm-hmm. you know, because oh, okay. I didn't, <laughs> you know, I Aww. wanted to be a mother because I didn't have that mother figure. So yeah. I wanted to have a girl so I can experience that at least like mother to daughter. Right. So, and the Lord did grant me that.
0: Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. God is so good. Yeah. Did you ever have a desire or a thought of, abusing something like drugs or alcohol during the time where you were feeling like that, considering the fact that you said that your mother Mm -hmm. struggled with alcoholism? Did you ever, you know, sometimes people want to like, feel like they're connecting to their parent Mm -hmm. or think that maybe they have some things that their parents had Did that ever?
1: You know, actually knowing that she passed away because of alcohol kind of gave me a fear of Mm -hmm. death. So, I mean, there was moments in my life where I experienced depression, where I was super sad. And I was like, if I just have, a drink. And so I would have it. Oh, okay, But I would never um, abuse it because I had the fear of death. And I also knew that I, I was born with one kidney. So I was I was always fearful that I could lose that kidney if I drank alcohol.
0: Oh, was that because of your mom's alcohol abuse? Yeah. Wow. I was born like that
1: because of her abuse.
0: You know, wow. So it was almost like for you growing up and thinking back on things, it's like, wow, the, the mothers in my life haven't in some ways failed me, mm-hmm. you know, it's okay. like, I'm, I'm struggling so much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then you got this opportunity to leave and finally start your new life with your coworker. And how, <laughs> how did that go?
1: It wasn't like I thought. <laughs> God had something unexpected for me. Uh-huh. Uh, I, you know, it started well at the beginning. We got along well, we worked together. Um, we each paid our, what we had to pay. Um, but there was the moment where she started expressing feelings for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she was attracted to me in a different way. And I would never had experienced that. Okay. And during that time, I was um, going to my job, but I was also working part time. Um, so she told me, you know, like I we can become a relationship and I'll pay for everything. You just take care of your daughter. So I was like, well, why not? (laughs) You know, I I might as well. Right. So I started experiencing that size.
0: So we became, uh, you know. So before this, had you ever had any romantic feelings for women? No, no. And you know why this is such an interesting topic to me is Mm -hmm. because I've come to find out through time that there are some people who are in homosexual relationships that are in them simply because they, for once in their life, Felt love from someone. They weren't actually homosexual. And, mm-hmm. and they discovered they actually weren't. But that was the first relationship that provided them things that they've never had before, whether it be financial stability, love, affection. And you know, that's something that is so important to have grace towards people mm-hmm. and the things that they're experiencing, because sometimes it's not, it's not what you think. Yeah. Some people are in pain. You Know so that is really interesting that you, you said yes to that.
1: Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's what I needed, so I needed like some kind of stability and financial help. So I took the opportunity, I didn't see nothing wrong with it though. I uh, I don't know, I just never thought anything was wrong with it. Okay, so I did um, had a relationship with her, and then after that, I did have a relationship with other two women as well. Okay, um, but that's where it started. Um, but then uh, She started controlling me. It's like that controlling pattern kept coming. Um, So she started getting very jealous, controlling. And at the time, even though I was seeing her, I was attracted to someone else at my job. It was a male. Mm -hmm. And she was very jealous about it. And I was like, I didn't want to be with her anymore. I wanted to be with a guy. So this whole dilemma started. And um, I had to leave because um, she started controlling me. And one one of her friends told me that she was doing witchcraft on me. You know, and I was like, what? And I didn't believe him. And I remember that she would always tell me I couldn't clean her room. I could clean everything in the house except her room and she always leave it locked. But one day, out of curiosity, I just like, let me see if it's open. And it was open. Mm -hmm. And that's where I saw a black magic book. And I opened it and I was like, oh, my God, she is doing witchcraft on me. So her friend was right. So once I saw that, um, I've never really, I've heard of witchcraft, but I never really thought anything, but then it scared me. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, like I, she's controlling me. I she's leave. controlling you, yeah. Yeah, so I contacted a friend I had in high school and I told her what was happening. She's like, oh, my parents are renting a room. If you want to move, I can help you get out. I was like, okay. So we plan to get out, but I think like she sent something. So mm-hmm. her brother moved in with us at mm-hmm. that moment. And her brother became like my bodyguard, like make sure when she walks, if she goes out, you know where she's going, you go with her. So it's that controlling thing again. So I remember that one day um, he was sleeping. So I said, this is the day I called my friend. I said, he's sleeping. He sleeps like about an hour.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I'm going to throw what I can out of the balcony and we're going to leave.
0: Wow. (laughs) And how do you remember around how old your daughter was at this time? Uh, Maybe about three. Okay, so she was really young. Okay. Wow, so you you were able to escape that situation, mm-hmm. but you weren't ever able to say anything, like confront her and say like, what are no, you doing? No, no, I never did. You never did. I just played it
1: like I didn't know.
0: Were you Were you afraid? I was. Okay.
1: Yeah, I was afraid. You still hadn't
0: developed your mm-hmm. voice yet.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I was afraid. I left and I moved in with this roommate that I knew from high school and everything was going well. And I think this is where, you know, the story where God meets me. <laughs> um, so I was living there and I had to go do laundry outside of her house. Uh, even though they had a laundry, I had to go to a laundromat. So one day, I think I was living there for two months already, I would say. I went to this laundromat that I would always go. I was, I was always going to the laundromat. But one day, um, this medium approached me. I didn't know what a medium was. Mm-hmm. I just knew about witches. So she was like, hey, you know, can I read your hand for free? I was like, like a fortune teller, yeah. And I was like, sure, read my hand. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this is the first time that someone uh, expressed or revealed to me that I had suffered so much. She was like, Oh my god, like you've suffered so much, like you don't have love, you've never had love. She was like, I can help you. And I remember that when she told me that, I knew it was true, so I started crying. And she was like, you know, I have my own studio. Um, If you want to come, I can do card readings for you, which will help you more. So I can guide you and, you know, you can be, um, find what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. And I was like, sure. (laughs) How far is it? Where is it? How much are you charging? So she gave me the info and I went that same day. I couldn't wait. (laughs) Because finally you
0: were like seen by someone, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. Finally, I was like, someone knows the truth, you know? Uh, so I remember that I went to get money. I, I went at nighttime. It was at nighttime and I walked into her studio and she just started, you know, sat me down. She's like, okay, you know, this is a card reading. And she started doing the card reading. She read the first card. She it was like about love. You never had love. You have money issues. And then, um, she took another card out. And then when she took that card out, she just like, <gasps> She was like, and shook. And I inside of me, I was like, she saw the card of death. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know. And I always thought of death, premature death, because of my mother. I was like, something's going to happen to me. It was always in the back of my mind. And she was like, she was like, can I ask you a question? I'm like, yeah. She's like, do you know God? And I was like, God? God? God of the Bible? She's like, yeah, do you know God? And I said, I've heard of him, but I don't know him. And she was like, "Oh, she was like, well, I I can't continue reading the cards to you." And I was like, "Okay." She's like, "Because an angel appeared,
2: mm-hmm. and this
1: angel told me that um, I cannot continue because God wants to speak to you." Wow! So I was like in shock. I was like, "What?" But you're a witch. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know God. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. Like a shocking. Uh-huh. Yeah. So um, I was, I asked her, I was like, but you're a witch. How do you know God? Like This doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. So it's like we're behind. There was a purple curtain behind us. And she's like, let me show you something. So she got up and she removed the curtain. And she's behind the curtain. It was four people sitting. So it was two kids and two elderly. And she said, um, this is my family. And this is what I do to provide for them. She's like, I know who God, who God is. I know his power. <sighs> But in my country, we do this. And this is the only thing I can do to provide for them.
2: Wow.
1: So I was like, okay. So she's like, go sit down. So I went to sit down. I was like, okay. I can shook. I didn't know. I wanted to leave. Right. And she's like, so I cannot continue until you decide God wants to talk to you. Do you want God to talk to you? And I was like, She's like, yeah, because God is a gentleman. But if you say no, I can continue. And I remember I had this attitude and I was like, what does he have to say? That's fine. You know, what Mm -hmm. does he have to say? Mm -hmm. And then so uh, now I see the angel was revealing to her and she's like, you know, God wants you to know that he loves you. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: out of all things. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. That's always what he says first.
1: Yeah, out of all things. And um, I said, he loves me she was like, yeah, he wants you to know that he loves you and that he knows you're suffering. And I was like, like, okay, another one. He was like, "Um, and that he wants to help you. That's what she told me. He wants to help you. And in my head, I was like, why hasn't he helped me? (laughs) He needs your permission. Yes. (laughs) And she was like, "Um, he says that he has that in order for him to help you, you have to accept him. You have to look for him. Because you have heart in your heart so much that you don't let him in.
2: Mm.
1: And I said, it's true because I hate him. That's what I told her. I remember that so clearly. And she was like, okay, well, she's like, I can't do anything. She says, you, and she was like, you have to decide today. So do you want to look for him or do you want to continue this? And I remember that I was like, since I thought to myself, why now? Mm-hmm. He doesn't really love me. I was like, I don't want him. That's mm-hmm. what I said. I don't want him. And immediately, she's like, okay. It's like she already knew. She already knew. You know, because I had denied him.
0: Right. You know,
1: there's nothing you can do. Once you deny him, he's not going to abuse that. No. You know, Like he's like that she said, will. he's a yeah. gentleman. He's, he he's going to yeah. allow you to have yeah. free will. So that was the first time I
0: experienced that. So a witch. A witch <laughs> yes. introduced you to God. <laughs> yes. yeah. That shows you how much God loves you. <laughs> yeah, now that I look back, I'm like, wow. Uh-huh.
1: You know, so... From there, um, she was like, okay, well, since and she kept reading, she was like, well, um, she 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 pretty much just told me, I can help you, eh, but you have to uh, wash yourself with certain things at a certain time. She gave me some, eh, eh, some things to put, um, essence, uh, some essences. In- incense? Incense, uh-huh. there you go. I had to put them at a certain hour, like three times a day. Mm-hmm. And um, she said, every time I run out of it, I had to come buy it because that would help the energy to mm. clean. We cleaned. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, cool. Sounds mm-hmm. fine. So that's what I did for a while. But I kid you not, when I started using those things, mm-hmm. I felt there was something with me. Yep. And I never felt that before.
0: Oh. Yeah. Okay. Even
1: when I was living with the roommate, I, I, I would hear stuff that I wouldn't hear before.
0: Like something dark with you? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: but before I left, she told me, oh. And the roommate you're living with, you have to leave because she's not a real friend. So I didn't know what she meant. But a week later, the roommate stole my credit card. Oh my goodness. So here I was again with no money, (laughs) struggling. And I had to leave because I called the cops on her. Okay. So I had to leave and I had to call my another friend from high school. I was like, hey, this happened. She's like, okay, come with me. And I didn't know she was a witch. <laughs> Which one? The new one. The I was new one's a one. witch. The new oh one I called goodness. to help me. Yes. <laughs> so here I go again. You know, these things keep following me. And I'm like, oh my God. So I move with her, and she tells me that she does witchcraft on her husband on her boyfriend, and, you know, all this stuff. And I started learning for her, seeing what she does. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I still have my, my things, and I'm running out. So I. Had to call the lady to get so I kept doing the witchcraft for maybe about six eight months. Okay,
0: were you seeing any changes in your life? (laughs) No,
1: they just (laughs) keep getting worse. But the interesting is like when I moved with this roommate Uh that was actually really doing some deeper stuff. Right, I felt uh, I saw spirits, I saw shadows in the house. Oh my god! Yes, in the house, in the walls, and I was like, "There's something wrong here." And it, I didn't feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I was like, oh, well, this is it. I can't go anywhere else. I don't have nothing else. And um, at that time, I there was a friend that became Christian in high school. And she would always evangelize to everyone in high school. And everyone would be like, oh, be quiet, be quiet. Mm-hmm. And she would always call me now and then. She would be like, hey, how are you? How are you? And she was like, hey, you want to come to church? I was like, uh, "We." she's like, we have a special event if you want to come. Mm. And I was like, hmm. I was like, no, I always say no, no. Um, but this time I was like, I'll go. Because what I was experiencing with the witchcraft, mm-hmm. I was had no money. I had to take money out of my 401k. Mm-hmm. My car was done and I didn't have anything. I was like, where am I going to go for me? I'm not going to go back to my uh, dad's house where I'm being right. abused. Right. I, and I have to provide for my daughters. So I was like, I have to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. So I went to church. I just... I was like, I'm going to go. I'm going to go on Sunday when you tell me. But part of me didn't feel comfortable going with the stuff that I had from the witchcraft. Mm -hmm. And I said, I said, you know what? I'm going to get rid of this. Like, I'm going to go honor God. (laughs) I'm going to do things right. (laughs) You know, because even though I, I hated God and I've heard of Him, I knew that something inside of me kept telling me, like, there's a respect for him, you know, like something in me would tell me that, even though I try to push it away mm-hmm. with my pain, right. you know. So I remember that there was a Catholic church where I lived and I took all of the witchcraft stuff, everything I had, and I threw it in the altar mm-hmm. and I just left it. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, I am leaving this here, you know, but I need you to help me. I need you to help me. Okay. Yeah. And
0: Everything else had failed.
1: Everything else had failed. Yes, everything else. So I went that Sunday. I remember that I saw what they they had like an event. I experienced the event. I didn't experience nothing supernatural that day. Nothing that made me believe more. Nothing that made me, nothing. It was just nothing. But I remember that they asked me if I wanted to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I accepted, even though I didn't know what that was. Mm-hmm. I was like. In my mind, I was like, if I just say it, he'll probably help me. That's okay. all I have to do. Okay. So, like a magic <laughs> potion. Like he's a genie. Right. So I said it. I accepted Christ. So, you know, the church expected me to kept, keep coming. But I was like, no, he's going to help me. I'm not going to go back. And I didn't go back. Um, but during the, I didn't go back until a year later. Mm-hmm. And this is because I didn't have a job anymore. I lost mm-hmm. my job. And I had bought a another cheap car, but it broke down. So everything was just bad. It wasn't producing anything good. Yeah. And I was applying to jobs, and I wouldn't get anything. You know, I, I had a pharmacy tech license, so I could always work as a pharmacist. That's what I was doing. Okay. They wouldn't hire me. They wouldn't hire me. And I was like, "What's going on?" I had to. I was borrowing money from my friends. I had to find a way. So I stayed like that for a year. Mm -hmm. trying to. I still had the 401k money, so I kept using that. Mm -hmm. But I was running low. I was like, I was almost at 500. This is not going to last me any longer. And that same friend, a year later, invited me again to church, the same church. She's like, hey, we're having kind of the same event you came last year. Do you want to come again? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, I'll go. Mm -hmm. And I went. And... Uh, the same thing happened. They had their event. And at the end of the event, they're like, do you want to accept Jesus as your throne savior? And I accepted again. (laughs) I accepted again. But this time Mm -hmm. when I accepted, I would always have back pain. And like I told you, I only had one kidney. So I thought my kidneys were failing. (laughs) I was like, something's coming. Even though I would go to the doctors, Mm -hmm. they said I was fine. They did all the lab work. So I didn't understand what it was. Um, and that day when I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior, I experienced a supernatural, like something lifted off me. I felt like a heavy thing lift off me. Wow. And I didn't know what it was. I just knew that I experienced something. And out of that experience mm-hmm. is why I came back. <laughs> oh. so yeah. And, um, you know, I was so used to having that pain yeah. that I was like, okay, is it gone or is it going to come back? I was questioning myself. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, my church is um, non-denominational with Pentecostal roots. Okay. So they believe in prophetic. They believe that the gifts of the Spirit did not die after the book of Acts. So uh, I remember that one day a prophet came. He didn't know me. And he was like, you know, you. And I was like, yeah. The Lord says that he healed you from your back pain and that you, he should get all the glory. No one knew. I I have never talked to no one there. Right. And to me, I was like, oh my God, like, how does this work? (laughs) (laughs) How is God talking to me again? And yeah, my back pain never came.
0: What a blessing. Yeah. So, let you know, okay, God is real. He's working, He's helping me. I didn't even ask for this to go away, and He just blessed me like this. Mm -hmm. Wow. So, at that point in time, Did your life start changing in terms of like the things that you were doing, the things that you, the lifestyle you were living? Did you say, okay, God healed me. I know he's real. Clearly he cares about me. Let me start to get to know him.
1: Not really. That's not how it worked for me. (laughs) Okay, I I had to learn. They had to teach me because I had no idea how God worked. I had had no idea how the relationship worked. Mm -hmm. I had no idea what he wanted for me. Mm
2: -hmm. Uh,
1: So I had to learn they had to teach me. They had um, to read the Bible, to pray, mm-hmm. uh, to fast, um, to stop the sinful life that I had. I didn't even know that, you know, fornicating or doing other stuff was sinful. I just mm-hmm. thought it was part of life. Like, okay. we're here. It's part of life. I'm right. able to do what I want to do. And so they started explaining to me, you know, and like my church is very prophetic. So... A lot of the prophets would speak to me and know things about me that no one knew. So that's what kept pushing me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That God was revealing to me, like, hey, I know you. Yeah. Even though you think I don't, I do.
0: <laughs> and that's such a powerful thing yeah. when you're able to hear from God through someone. And you really get to see how much He knows every single detail and He cares about you. And it brings like that faith out of you, like, yeah. whoa, yeah. God is real God is <laughs> yeah. real it's not just some magical make-believe thing that you're doing in your mind like there's someone He's who's real. watching you and mm-hmm. knows every detail
1: yeah and that's how he started because um I feel like he started like that with me because I had to learn to hear his voice mm-hmm. you know so I wouldn't have believed in him if he would spoke to me I'd be like who's that speaking to me so through that process he started working in me so I can be delivered okay like you know he was like stop the fornicating stop everything that you were doing in the past. The pornography, the masturbation, all that has to go. Mm-hmm. Whoever you're dating has to go. I was dating someone at that moment, and I had to let it go. Um, so he was teaching me. He was. They were teaching me the life that God wanted me to live, mm-hmm. so that I can have the joy and the peace and the love that He wanted me. Yeah. So I continued um, for eight months working on myself a little. It was very hard for me. You know, I've had so much strongholds, mm-hmm. so it was very hard. Um, I kept falling. You know, I kept getting up, falling. But one thing about that the Lord gave me, I believe He gave me a lot of grit. And for some reason, I wasn't afraid to be transparent with Him. Like if I would fall, let's say fornication, which was the biggest battle I had, I'd be like, oh, you know, I fell today. I'm sorry. I need you to help me.
0: That's great. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah.
1: For some reason, I was always able to be transparent with Him. And... After the eight months of being there, I got baptized, Okay, which is when I started experiencing different things with the Lord. Since I did the witchcraft, um, I had to get delivered. So when I first got baptized, I remember that day that I had always worshipped the Lord before with the hymns and the songs that the church does. But after my baptism, uh, we went back to the retreat place to sing and worship, and I started coughing. I was like... <clears throat> like and I felt like I was choking, like something was choking me, and I couldn't understand what it was. Because I'm like, "What's going on? Am I getting sick?" Mm-hmm. I thought so. So we had a, a guest preachers that were there, and they were like, "Oh my God, she did witchcraft." So those spirits, now that I got baptized, did not want to leave. You know, they didn't want me to declare. You know, the name of the Lord, and they were like, "You have to renounce to witchcraft," and it's something that I had not done. You know, I was working mostly in, in, trying to work to. Um, clean myself from the fornication and all that stuff, the sexual things mostly, but I didn't think of witchcraft. So that guy's like, you need to renounce to the witchcraft. So I did. And once I did, um, it was still, uh, it was years of, of, um, deliverance. I had many Mm deliverances, and, I would say now that I look back, it was mostly me because I kept falling. I kept opening doors. It was very hard for me for those strong strongholds to
0: leave me. Well, here's the thing about witchcraft, and it's now becoming very popular. I'm now going to bookstores, and there's like entire sections dedicated to occult practices, magic, spells. And people are falling for this because it's coming off like it's harmless, It seems interesting and cool because I feel like people are always looking for something more, always looking for something greater, a a higher power Mm. of some sort. And a lot of times people don't want to submit to God if they can find some other alternate faster route. And unfortunately, the thing that people don't realize is that whenever they start dappling in that, it's real and it's dark and it it takes over. It takes over your life in such a awful way. Thank God that when you come to Christ, He can release you from that. But there are, like you said, there are things that hold on, yeah. that hold on to you. And you need to get delivered from those things. And you need to actually say, I renounce this out of my life. Yeah. And admit it and realize what you've actually opened the door to. Yeah, Just like you open the door to God, a lot of people open the door to witchcraft. They say, yes, devil, sure, come into my life. Yeah. And it doesn't come like it doesn't come like that when when it starts it seems like it's harmless
1: mm-hmm.
0: but as time goes on the enemy the devil always comes back for payment. Yeah. You know, for mm-hmm. everything that you're trying to do, you yeah. know, and it's false. So yeah. it took you a long time. It took me years. Yeah, but um I learned a lot. You know, the yeah. Lord was
1: patient with me. He mm-hmm. was graceful. He was loving. Mm-hmm. Uh, he never let me go. He was always there in
0: that process. Oh, yeah. You know? And you don't have to do it by yourself. See, with mm-hmm. witchcraft, it's like all oh, you're you're doing. You're washing secret, your spouse. Right? You're, yeah. With God, God's doing it. Yeah. As long as you just give it to Him and say, yes, this happened. I want free. You know, God does it. Yeah. You don't have to do anything Yeah, but give your life over to Him
1: yeah and since I' done witchcraft in other people, I had to oh, tell those, other people I had to tell those people that oh. I did witchcraft and that I was sorry.
0: Wow, what was that conversation yeah. like? That must have been I would have been scared.
1: <laughs> you know, they weren't scared. Um, because these were
0: people in the world that no, I was I would have been scared. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. <laughs> you weren't nervous?
1: No, no, because oh, okay. I just wanted to be free. Okay. I was tired of these manifestations that would kept coming up. I would also get a lot of sleep paralysis. Mm-hmm. Like they would come and torment me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I like, I was like, God, I need to be free. Very common. Yeah. So, so I, you called them all. Mm-hmm, so I did what I had to do. And thank God I am free now Amen. from that. Yeah. Thank
0: God. And thank God those people are free from whatever <laughs> it is that you were trying to do to them. Yeah. If they experience anything now, they know what it was. Yeah, yeah. And That's why it's so important for people to have a relationship with God. Because when you do, when you're living a certain lifestyle, those spells and stuff, they can't touch you. Yeah. They can't mm-hmm. touch you. They don't hold a candle. But when you are in the world, like you said, those people were... They're open to attacks,
1: Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. They don't have
0: any protection.
1: No, and they yeah. just think it's bad luck or yeah, things are not working for me. Yeah. Maybe another day will be better. Yeah. That's how I used to be. But now I know that there's, you know, there's a darkness out there that's going to come kill, steal, and destroy yes. if you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. So through that process, I also had to learn to forgive many people. Mm-hmm. The Lord started working in me, started giving me revelation of what he made me to be and what he wanted me to be. Mm. And through that process, I had to let go of bitterness. Mm -hmm. And I was very very bitter myself because I hated my life. I never got good grades in school, so my grades were awful. When I was little, I did want to go to college. I wanted to be a doctor or like a teacher, a cop. And I knew that I had to get good grades, but my grades were awful because— um, my stepmother wouldn't let me do my homework either. Oh my god. You know, so I would always get like the lowest grades. I barely graduated high school. So I had to really wow. forgive a lot of things. And it wasn't until one day that um, you know, God told me you have to forgive your stepmother.
2: Mm. I was like,
1: wait, but mm-hmm. that you were on my side. How did that work? You know, she harmed me. Yeah. You know, um right. but the truth is that I was harming myself. By not forgiving her, you know, I was still trapped inside. Mm-hmm. I was a victim, mm-hmm. and due to, to that mentality, I couldn't progress. I couldn't move forward. Uh, so I told God, I, I, I still never, spo- I never spoke to her. So I had a fear to speak to her. Yes. So I told God, okay, if you want me to forgive her, you have to do it. And he took control of that. Okay. He was, I think, he knew me well, mm-hmm. and he was graceful enough. To answer me that prayer. And so he moved her. I remember that one day I went to visit my dad because we were gonna go out. I don't know what occasion it was. I would see my dad for birthdays or for Christmas or for my daughter's birthday. Mm-hmm. So I know we were going to do something. And my dad's like, Oh, come inside really quick. I have to get something in a room. So I went inside and I was like, okay, I'll go inside. And my dad was in the room, and my stepmother was in the kitchen, and I was in the little room. And she was like, oh, hey. I was like, hi. And she's like, oh, my God. I heard you became Christian. That's the first thing she said. (laughs) That's the first thing she said. Wow. And uh, I was like, yeah, I did. You know, she was like, oh, she's like, you know, I wanted to ask you for forgiveness for everything that I did to you. Wow! And she started crying and I started crying and she Mm -hmm. hugged me. And I said, I, forg- I said, you know, you don't have to ask me for forgiveness because God told me that I had to ask you for forgiveness because I held so much anger, hate, bitterness towards you. Mm-hmm. And she was like, no, no, it's me. So that day I received my healing. Yeah. That day I was free from the past. That was the key. That was the key. And, you know, that opened other doors because when you let go mm-hmm. of that hate, that bitterness— the Lord is now able to move you to the other level that He wants you to experience with Him. You cannot experience God if, if you're not willing to make that step, that sacrifice that He's asking you. You know, that at the end of the day is all going to benefit you. Everything that God asks you is going to benefit you, you know? And sometimes we get angry with God because I will get angry with God. Like, why are you asking me this? Right. You know, and at the end of the day, it was for my good, but I couldn't see it then but I can see it now, you know, and the Lord just kept moving. The Lord also told me, you're going to go back to school. And that was something that I always wanted, like I said, but I was afraid because I was like, I have bad grades. How am I going to get into college? My mm-hmm. grammar was awful. I didn't even know how to put a comma, how to put it a, a sentence with a period or a verb a noun. What What is that? I didn't know.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I remember that I wanted to go. So since the Lord had given me the green light, I applied. I didn't make it because I failed the grammar test, which I knew was my weakness. Yeah. So I waited a year and I had not studied because, you know, I was working. I didn't really put importance into that much. Um, and I took the test again. But this time I asked my daughter to help me. <laughs> and, um, you know, she gave me some of her books that she had and I passed the test, the Good. grammar test, and I got in. Good. (laughs) Yeah. So I got in and now I have my bachelor's degree.
0: So glory to God because you so good. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, and it's so beautiful that your daughter was part of that. Yes. Mm -hmm. That is beautiful.
1: Yes. I can answer prayer for myself because now I, you know, when I, I used to think I was dumb or I wasn't capable, you know, to be more. Right. And now I'm like, oh, wow, I can't do it. I, I did it. You know, I am not who I thought I was. This is part of my identity now. Who I am, you know.
0: God is showing you who you really were this whole time. Yeah. And now you're seeing your life through the eyes that okay. he sees you in.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. So did you ever reconnect with your father and tell him about the things that you've experienced in terms of coming to Christ?
1: I did. Uh, the Lord brought him back to my life. Uh the Lord um, had promised me before, five years before, that he was going to bring my dad back. So my dad ended the relationship that he had with my stepmother. Something wasn't working there. And he called me. He's like, hey, you know, um, things are not working here. Can I move with you? And I was like, sure. Wow. But before that, before he was trying to move with me, he asked God. Um, he was asking God, why doesn't my daughter love me? You know, like he felt that rejection that I had towards him. Mm -hmm. And he had a dream. And he said that the Lord showed him, you know, this is not the Gina that is. This is the Gina. And showed him two Ginas. Like, this is the Gina that is, not the Gina that you see now. Mm -hmm. And he showed him that I was being abused by my stepmother. In In a dream. dream. Wow. Oh,
0: God is amazing.
1: And so my dad came to move with me. And, you know, he asked me, did this person abuse you? I said, Yes. He, you know, and from there, um, we've been living together now for almost four years and he knows everything. I have, I'd never felt like I really had to forgive him because the Lord told me that he was a victim too. Mm. So he was going to bring him back to me so that he can best set, be set free. So now my dad knows my whole story and he's also learning about the gospel. So I'm super excited. <laughs> what, what do you mean your dad was a victim too? Uh, Because my stepmother was controlling with him as well oh, I you know see. she would lie be deceitful and i would see these things mm-hmm. but my dad would sh- he's a very chill guy so he wouldn't say anything
0: oh i see yeah. wow yeah. look at god that is so amazing i'm so mm-hmm. thankful that he was able to bring you back to him and he was able to use your healing and your redemption To bring him because God always does that. He doesn't want to just say one person. He wants to say families. He wants to be able to bring everyone who is being oppressed by the enemy to Him. So that's so powerful. I'm so, so happy to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) What would you tell someone who is dealing with abuse right now, who's dealing with abuse from their parent and they feel absolutely hopeless and they feel like, What's the point of living, you know?
1: The only answer is Jesus. I know he might seem far away from you, but that's the only answer. No one's going to know you better, hear you better, help you better, and rescue you like Jesus. You know, wherever you're at, you know, do a prayer, call on to him. The Bible says that whoever calls on to him shall be saved, and he will save you from the season that you're in right now, he's going to save you from your past. He's going to save you from everything that is to come that is not from him. So just call upon his name and he will come. That's the only answer is Jesus. There's nothing else. And Jesus will give you the resources. If you have to go to therapy, the Lord will guide you to therapy and Jesus. There's nothing wrong with therapy, there's nothing wrong with counseling. There's nothing wrong with having new friends that he will give you to help you in that walk because I couldn't have done it alone. Mm-hmm. The church was my community, was my family, mm-hmm. was what helped me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and once you start walking with Jesus and you know, um having that relationship, he's going to guide you to the church, he's going to guide you to the friends, he's going to guide you to the doctor that you need to go. He's going to guide you
0: everywhere because you know, we all are a body of Christ, you know? So and your life is in his hands and you don't have to be cleaned up you come as you are. You don't have yeah. to be free from drugs yet. You don't have to be free from having sex, free from masturbating, free from anything. Just come as you are right now and just tell him you want him. Open the door to him and he'll come in. It's it's really as simple as that. It is. There is a difference between believing in Jesus and living for Jesus. Mm-hmm. What has that been like for you? In terms of, you know, people sometimes say, "Oh, yeah, I believe in Jesus," but they don't. They're not. They're not living for Him. They don't have an actual Relations- relationship. Yeah. They don't know Him. They don't know Him like a person who they talk to every single day. Yeah. How has your life changed since you actually began living for Jesus? Versus, yeah, I know, I know God.
1: When I would say I know God, I didn't know God. <laughs> you know, it's just. A, it's like when you say you know God. It's like an. It's like a faraway image, you know, like I know you, but like me and you. Yes. I know you because I came today. Right. But I don't know you, know you because I don't have a really, I don't communicate with you. Um, so when I started having that relationship with Jesus, he started teaching me who he was. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, I and I always tell people, you know, like it sounds cliche and it was hard for me too, because people would tell me, uh, read the Bible. Mm -hmm. Read the Bible. That's how you know Jesus.
2: Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I'll be like, okay, but I'm reading, but this is not giving me what I need. Mm -hmm. But in due time, you're planting those words into your spirit, into your mind, into your heart, and they become alive. You know, the Bible is alive. Mm -hmm. And those things will come alive as you read them. They'll come alive everywhere you go. So as I started reading the Bible, that's when I started having a relationship with Jesus because everything that I would read would come alive, would come to pass in my life. All the promises, all the blessings that He said, it comes to pass in your life. And that's the difference. When you start experiencing the Word of God, you start living for God, you start loving for God, and you start changing for yourself. And ultimately, you
0: glorify God in that. Thank you so much thank mm-hmm. you so much for sharing your story uh, we're wrapping up with time unfortunately so we can't hear there's more to your story about <laughs> reconnecting with your father and yes. with your your pastor and um, it's important like you said to be connected to a church to get the resources you need and to remember that all things in your life the worst things work out for the good of those who love God and who are yes. called according to his purpose and you, have been called by God to come to him. And then he'll show you why you had to go through all of these things, unfortunately, to be where you are today. But your life has a purpose and it has a meaning. And he is the only way you are going to discover what your purpose for living is. So where can they find you, Gina, if they want to hear more about your story or if they want to connect with you, or if there are people who may just be going through what you're going through and they just need a word of encouragement, where can they find you?
1: Um, have a Facebook if they want to find me. It's always under Gina Gomez. I also have an Instagram, which is uh, Gina underscore uh, with Gina underscore and underscore Jesus. And yeah, that's where you can find
0: me. <laughs> your story yeah. is truly impactful. And it's beautiful just knowing that God can find you anywhere and that He gave you your voice okay. to finally be able to speak, to speak up for yourself, to speak up for Him and that you found your identity through Christ. Amen. So thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. for being here. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. And thank you all for watching. Bye-bye.